Here's the goal scorer, Morgan, and he's done it again! Lewis Morgan with a second of the match! He won't have to oh! He's framed the top 90! It's a sensational first goal for Gonzalo Higuain! Sometimes you just got to give them the benefit of the doubt, man. You know, bad calls are made. Sometimes you got to give the ref the benefit of the doubt. Unfortunately, there was no doubt in the situation, and we've been spurned by the refs yet again, and I've been holding out on coming down on these refs because I don't want to be that guy, but I am, I'm feeling like that guy right now, man. I really, uh, you know, wish like, uh, no harm, but maybe like a shopping cart runs into his, like, his Achilles or something and just scratches, scratches him, you know, nothing major, but like, that dude's a POS in my eyes, and so is the, the VAR and the booth for not even reviewing that and, and then calling it back down man what what a what a frustrating moment but i digress well i was gonna say i was today's been a pretty chipper day since that statement jay you all right over there i think i think that was a little bit of wrath from from uh your accident you had over this weekend yeah i'm a little hoarse and uh my knees all i don't know blown out or bruised or something's wrong with it that's all right you'll bounce back you always do <laughs> i don't know man feels very sketchy hurt so bad climbing up and down the uh the supporter stands but uh i mean i you know overall i had a pretty damn good time well you showed heart sir you showed absolute heart i think a little bit more heart than our club maybe even showed in this last match jay jay showing up with a potential tear of the acl even though we're gonna side right now on a on a meniscus bruise no i'm going with patella bruise patella bruise that's where we are that's right the now. kneecap all right kids six o'clock p.m we're recording this we'll see where it lands up in the next few hours i was trying to walk it out during work today and uh even the security guard was like yo man I'm like what's wrong with you <laughs> but uh welcome everyone to the inner miami podcast i'm jay kington alongside as always mr alex papa george uh how you doing today bud did we already say that Doing fantastic. I'll answer it twice if we did. But before we begin, big shout out to the Cows 22. We're going to go ahead and say that's your name because that's what we got. But big shout out for the five star review on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate you big time. We do indeed. And uh, it was a great, great day at the stadium. I, I want to say happy Mother's Day, happy belated Mother's Day to all the mothers. But it was great seeing all the mothers out there enjoying the game. So props to you. Um, and then also just props to our our listeners in general, um, especially for coming through and, and getting some extra tickets when we needed it the most. That was uh, very, very nice of you guys. We were able to uh, bring our significant others, one of them being a mother. That would be Chloe. So thank you. Thank you so much. Um, we also had the chance to bring Dave. Dave went to the game. That was his first game. And I can tell you it will not be his last. Indeed, indeed, it was a it was a really solid time with the crew. Uh, we want to to get into this, but uh, before I do, I'm trying to find this and I am having troubles. But I will circle back and shout out the proper squad. Who uh, Norton Chana was one of them who came up with two tickets, and uh, we'll find the other one here shortly. Did you see when Dave walked? up to the supporter stands because you know we had tickets elsewhere but we all stood up with the supporter stands right next to the siege vice city it was a blast we were we were only a couple rows behind the actual goal so it was fun and and our buddy dave actually showed up in his uve jersey and when walking up the stairs before taking our seats he, he was approached by a vice city guy and he just looked at him and said hey man 
you're gonna have to take that off. You're gonna have to take that off or get the hell out of here. And Dave looked at me and I said, I'm gonna help you. And he looked at, uh, <laughs> well, you know, how many people were backing him and he made the right decision. He, he went shirtless for the game. <laughs> he did go, oh, we, we were, I was also shirtless. So, uh, you know, that was, a, that was a pretty, pretty solid, solid time, I'd say. I'm a little burnt right now. Well, that is to be expected. And honestly, shame on the MLS. Whoever put this schedule together and had Inter Miami playing in these scorching hot games in the middle of summer is just no fan of ours. It's going to be a brutal, brutal summer. Uh, hopefully, more and more people will be able to join us because we are going to full capacity after the upcoming game, which is against uh, Montreal, and then they're going full full capacity. So we are not sure what the structure will look like as far as single game tickets for anyone that's not a season ticket holder, but we will let you know as soon as we do. Good news for you. Not that long in the future until those games do become available. Yes. And the second one who supplied the tickets to us, Luis Gonzalez, or if it's Luis Gonzalez, I'm sorry, but shout out to you, brother. We do really appreciate it. We did have one acquisition to the, I'm going to say organization, not necessarily the club. But we did end up signing Harvey Neville, Phil's son, and he will be playing at Fort Lauderdale CF as he continues to grow into a legendary defensive soccer player just like his father. So uh, props to that young man. We look forward to big things coming to you. Uh, but while I have this hate in my mind and this hate on the tip of my tongue, let's go ahead and get into this uh, recap of the Atlanta United game, which... I'll let you lead with. I was going to say, you know, news and wisdom to everybody. If you're going to be the head coach of a professional franchise out there, go ahead and work in your son's arrangement to join the club. That is one hell of a way to do it. But brings us to our game. Atlanta, 1-1 tie. Goals by Joseph Martinez and Lewis Morgan. Great to see Lewis on the board. We had a little over 8,000 people in total of attendance. 8,074 to be exact, and we were down a few players to be unfortunate, four to be exact. Julian Carranza missed his second game with vertigo, which seems to be that sucks. A, a lasting, you know, I've had vertigo, but it hasn't lasted this long. Yeah, I don't, I've never had it, so it seems very foreign to me. I guess you're just like, feel really like off balance and almost like the world's on tilt kind of. Yeah, very nauseous. You know, uh, I mean, it throws your body for a loop. I, mean, mm. I had it for, I want to say two days max, but I mean, shoot, this is coming up on two weeks. And I mean, we'll see if he plays this week in either of the matches against Montreal and Cincinnati, but he has. You uh, think he got that Johnson and Johnson? You think that's, <laughs> is that the underlining? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, who knows? Who knows what this came from? I mean, I think that it would have some type of correlation with the flight, but who knows? Uh, in addition to Carranza being out, we had Nico Fagal, Leardom, and Robbie Robinson with uh, Nico and Robbie still nursing those hamstrings. Those hammies are, uh, are sensitive, man. They are sensitive. And again, these are not injuries that we want our athletes going through. Hammies are silly, silly frustrating. They are. They are. And look, here's the good news, right? We didn't lose. You know, no one lost, which was good. And I'll shout out to the Atlanta United fans as well because they came over after the game and we were all, you know, partying outside the stadium with the supporters. And uh, we were like, oh, man, we're about, to, we're about to scrap. But no, they just came over. They had um, adult beverages in tow and came over just to have a good good fun time. And there was no, no beef, no smack talk. And we were just dancing and uh, drinking and having fun. It was a really, really good time. But we drew. We did not win. We wanted to win. But the good news is <laughs> at least we're not catching basically all L's like we were last season. Now, the reason that I am a little bitter about this one is because there was a moment at the end of the game we're going to cover, which 
was one of few moments that really could have resulted in uh, in a penalty kick. But um, getting into it right now, we're sitting in ninth slot in the Eastern Conference with five points and a, and a record of two wins, one draw, and one loss. But I'm sorry, that's that's two ties, one loss. Oh yeah, one win. <laughs> yes, correct. Sorry, incorrect structure, but correct check. Uh, now, going down through the levels like we have been doing, I guess we'll just kind of start off with, uh, before we go into the levels, we'll start off with the statistics of the match. And, you know, the glaring one right here is, is possession. We want to be a possession-based team, and uh, Atlanta had 62% of the possession. We had 38 Here's a, a good sign, at least we're trending back up in the right direction. As far as shots, we had 17 total shots, with seven of those being on goal. Atlanta had 14 total shots, with five on goal. Foul-wise, we had 25 fouls. That's that's true to Inter Miami fashion. Atlanta had 15. We had four yellow cards. They had three. There were no red cards in the game. Could have been one. Uh, two offsides each. So we're finally starting to get caught in the offsides. But uh, you know what? Given the the record for the the start of the season, I think we're doing pretty well on on that stat line. As far as corner kicks go, nine, and we couldn't even bang in. One to finish it. Uh, Atlanta had two corners, and then we had four saves, and Atlanta had six saves. Those are the basic stats I think everyone needs to know. Yeah, two that are staring me right in the face is 25 fouls for Inter-Miami and 15 for Atlanta United. Big-time discrepancy right there. The other one, passes. They had over 200 more passes than us. Uh, we had 300. They had 500. Uh, that's 40% more than what we drew out. And the the homie that I was standing next to for most of the game, we looked at each other and we were just talking about how it, it was consistently glaring to us that Atlanta United was opening up passing lanes left and right and getting them out of trouble continuously throughout the match. And Inter-Miami could not do so. Those were two big points that was glaring, glaringly evident watching the match. Yeah, and... You know, going back to this possession real quick before I move on, we are now the last in the league in terms of possession. I mean, that is not how you want to be playing. That That is not a spot you want to find yourself yeah. in. I mean, you don't want to be the last at anything, Low maybe except red cards. Or golf. <laughs> or golf. Yes, yes, yes. If we could have the lowest red cards in the season, that would be phenomenal. But we all know that that's not going to happen. We're, we're a top five yellow and red card team for sure. Yeah, we messy it up big time. But you know who wasn't? messing it up at all and that was lewis morgan he got back on track with a goal his first goal of the season always great to see lewis and you know this is what we talked about last episode is just is this his springboard into another mvp type of season so we're looking forward to seeing how lewis continues to get his momentum behind this goal that came in the 77th minute of the match and boy what a time that was uh lewis Lewis haunts Atlanta. This was his third goal in five total games against Atlanta United. So they definitely have nightmares about him, but it was great to see him get one past the goalie. It was. It was a very nice play, actually. He ends up uh, splitting two defenders and then taking it on solo. Hard, low-driven shot to the bottom right corner just past Guzan. And also, shout-out to Iguain for making an impact off the ball, helping draw off defenders as he made a, a, a run in behind Lewis Morgan. But definitely his best game of the season. Glad to have him back. Uh, then moving on, you know, Gonzalo Iguain, the he needs to put in these opportunities, man. He had three solid opportunities. One was in the first half. 
wide open, basically one-on-one with Brad Guzon. And you can go to the left, you can go to the right. The one place you don't want to go is straight down the middle. And that's where my homie went. He went straight down the middle for an easy save. And, uh, you know, this is, this price tag is starting to become a glaring issue as far as the production and output of Gonzalo Higuain goes. There was one shot in particular, I believe it was around the 17th minute or so, where he was only he was only 10 yards away or so. Yeah, and it was in the 18-yard box for sure. That's what I'm saying, one-on-one. And you got to put those back. You got to put those, those away. And then there was one in the second half because we were in the supporters uh, section, and so they were coming, scoring on that, that north side goal, Inter-Miami was. And he got a ball, cuts to his left, cuts back to his right, and does too much. Just take the shot. Like, you're Gonzalo Higuain. Stop stop going left and right. Have the confidence. Have the, the tenacity. Just get one touch on it and then blast it home. That's what you can do. Then, of course, you know, he barely missed a few others, but it's getting tough to watch out there. One thing I had for you and actually want to get your thoughts on is why does it seem like when we're playing at home, we're the tired club? I feel like this is an advantage for us when teams come down to South Florida. It seems like almost like, a, you know, Real Salt Lake or, you know, Denver and other areas where, you know, the altitude plays a difference. But when you come down to South Florida and especially Atlanta United, who plays their games in actually a dome setting, it, it's got to be tough for these teams to come out here and play in the elements. This isn't going away, but it seems like we're consistently on the short end of the stick. It's strange. It, we, we do seem very lethargic. I can only can think back to when Phil Neville was saying that his, this team is not conditioned. It's, it's not conditioned ready for game time. And you can see it out there. I mean, but is that an excuse to be going into your fourth week of the season? I think it, it like we mentioned lack of preseason, maybe lack of focus on the, the team fitness during the, the preseason and training. They've got to get that around because there are times where we were either lethargic or maybe just too hesitant, even though we were trying to high press. And sometimes it, it just, it seems very, very slow and it's not effective. And so they definitely got to get that, that turned around. I mean, you see players really gassed after, you know, an hour of play, they've got a whole 30 more minutes to go. It's surprising, but specifically Atlanta has been a little bit more on the fresher side, I guess, with the CONCACAF championship going on. They, they had a little bit more soccer than we did, but for all these other teams, I mean, it wasn't like they had a, a massive preseason that we just didn't have, right? And sure, I can get the excuse, you know, earlier in the season where it's week one, week two, but I think eventually we just got to get our legs in between. And, you know, I know Pizarro, you know, leaving and, and, you know, getting his green card and taking care of that as well as the Higuain brothers traveling internationally, you know, does hurt preparation and stamina for these matches. But it, it's surprising to see other teams come into our, our world and play with a little bit more, I guess, this energy. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not even necessarily the home game. I mean, even the away games, is it's we're we're not able to really get in control of the game. You know, it, it, these games have been a tale of two halves. This one was was kind of sketchy all around, but something to to keep an eye on because that's going to be a, a really important area that we have to improve on. But let's uh, move on to the midfield. Go ahead and, and lead us off with this one. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, the last thing to touch on too, Jay, is that like that just goes back to the, the possession side of things. We got to yep. control the ball to win these games and we're just not doing it lastingly. But moving into the midfield, uh, this one, this one kind of hurt that this week. Last week, we were coming off of a pretty big high with my Tweety and Gregory. And this week, we're dealing with a little bit of the injury bug. The injury bug seems to be biting us early 
in the in, in the season and that is not good for anyone so my Tweedy got injured. It looked like he was uh looks like he was kind of tackled, not just in soccer, but it looks like it was a football tackle play. It was a, it was rough. It was aggressive. Uh surprisingly enough, there was no card put in play for that tackle, which is very surprising. Um my Tweedy went out with Joven Jones. Matuidi was wearing the captain's armband for this match. Sad to see it happen during this time, but he went down with a collision off of Santiago Sosa, where Matuidi was trying to play on, but about 10 minutes later, he was bounced from the game just due to not being able to play. Sounds like Phil Neville said yesterday that he even headed to the hospital to take some tests accordingly to the team. So we'll see how the results came back. But regardless, that is not a good looking or safe play. Yeah, not a safe play. I mean, it's complete shoulder check tackle, not even going for the ball. Should have been a, absolutely should have been a yellow. And then he get goes and gets injured. And it's not good if we're losing one of our DPs in what was that, the 14th minute or something like that. And then he's replaced with with Joven Jones. So kind of just threw everything off. Also, the the notable thing was that Pizarro was able to be playing out on the the left side, um, kind of flipping with with Jay Chapman. But of course, once Matuidi goes down and Jones comes in, Pizarro has to revert back to that to that cam role. So it kind of threw off everything that we had planned for this game. Yeah, it looks like Joven Jones came in as left back. Breck pushed up to left wing, moving Jay Chapman to the center midfield, which then to your point, bounce Pizarro to the CAM role. Yeah, it, it, it again, just kind of threw a curveball really early on. Not, uh, not, not really good at all. And then I, you know, it wasn't even that, that long after until, uh, you know, Breck Shea did play some, but I mean, you could say he's probably not fit maybe what, what, what led into it, but, um, you know, it's been, it's definitely tough going. I, I don't know any other way to, to say it. And, then of course we had Robinson's um, potential. I mean, it was a handball in the box. It should have been called, and of course the penalty at the end of the game. We'll save that for last because that's the one that's just complete, complete BS. But it's very tough. I mean, even LGP uh, missed three, three headers and you know close opportunities, but but no cigar, man. It was just, it was just struggling all the way around. Well, there is one question that I had for you. We talked about it a bunch yesterday as we were leaving the stadium, but should Federico start? I think he's definitely made a case for himself. I think you put him in the camera and have have Pizarro out on the the left wing at least until Robbie Robinson's back. Give him give him a shot. I mean, he seems to come in and be able to change every game. Everyone's concerned because he's older, but he's looking like one of our best options at this point. And I think you just have to stay with the hot hands. He entered the game in the fifty seventh minute again, making an instant impact. You can just tell the club plays so much better with him on the pitch and. That led to the 77th goal, which not directly, but his play definitely led up to Lewis's Morgan, which is the equalizer for us to take home the tie. But it, it's an interesting question where the only downfall that I can see in the negative is just his legs. Can, can he sustain a full 90 minutes? And then if he can't, you know, which is most important? Is it the back half of the game or is it, you know, the front half of the game? And which is your strategy to go about that? And counterly to that, is even starting him our total solution or is it kind of a stop plug till maybe we can get someone on our club via trade or, or or some type of acquisition to bring onto our team to play that role a little bit more effectively than what we got going out outside of it, uh, Federico? I think it just depends on on your preference, honestly. I mean, you could bring him in. It's it's reassuring that we can bring him in to close games out and, and really kill the game off, which is, which is good. But yeah, I mean, he had the, the ball that really set up Lewis Morgan, then his brother, with the run behind, you know, it helped open it up. So at least the brothers are making a contribution 
you know, in, in that sense, but, um, you know, coming on in the, the 57th minute for, for Breck Shea. So Breck, whether that be fitness or whatever it was, or if he just wanted to get Fetty onto the field, just to try and make some changes, at least the substitutions are coming a little bit earlier than they were last season, which is, is a good indicator of, of game management or attempt thereof from Phil Neville. But then, you know, we, one of the glaring issues in the midfield is, is Pizarro. You know, what, like, what are we going to do? He holds a DP spot. Uh, do we somehow entertain? <laughs> I don't even think it's possible for the rules to bring back Pella Messi. Um, or was he just Diego's guy? But I think we're going to, we're going to have to see some improvement very fast or everyone's going to start saying we need a, an alternative DP because I think he really had only one major impact, which was uh, the ball down the uh, wing to Iguain for his his really good opportunity that he consequently missed. But outside of that, he he looked really good the first game, and then he's he's kind of seemed a little bit foggy from there of. And it was probably like the seventy something minute, and we started hearing the fans kind of turn and and really question and and say their piece on on Pizarro's lack of productivity so that is definitely something that you know if you're not getting results then something's gonna gonna have to change and although I I do love him I you know like his personality and his attitude but we need results and this is a game that we should have won tough spot for Pizarro tough spot and you touched on a very solid point and to expand on it a little bit maybe this was Diego's guy and he just doesn't fit the David Beckham Phil Neville you know Chris Henderson regime right and that's a big possibility we saw this whole team turn over and you know to ignore the connections that Pizarro and Diego had you know from their their prior experience in jam drawing a blank on where they played before um down in Mexico but they they had that pass together and uh I think Monterrey uh, Monterey, yes. Um, so they had that pass together and they had that relationship. So I, I'm i sitting here today saying that the performance on the field should be better, absolutely, for the level of equality of Pizarro. He's very well known and accredited with all of what he's achieved so far, you know, being a part of the Mexican international national team. And, you know, from so far this year, it just hasn't been the case. But, yeah, well, just real quick on, on this one as well. You know, we're forcing him to play in a camera. He, he's not really a, a, a true number 10. He, he is a winger. I think he was playing better last season when, you know, earlier in the season when he was basically the best attacking option we had. It seems like this year he's much more concerned about setting everybody up and in, in, in assist, which is a great mentality to have. But he, it seems like his desire to to want to just strike and, and try and score goals has for some reason just been diminished and he's not playing like a hunter anymore I, it, it's very when he gets the ball it doesn't seem like he's looking to score it, yeah. it looks like he's looking to more pass and facilitate but like exactly. not even facing the goal it's like he turns around and faces it which stalls all of your momentum into the attack and, and it puts everybody in a tough spot yeah it's uh it's a weird uh digression i guess is, is that even the proper word I, I have no idea but yeah look there's a lot of things that were frustrating about this game um the good part was we had a great time with uh with all the supporters uh so you know awesome time we need a better result we gotta turn it around quick because now we're on to uh the three games in eight days um 
with Montreal coming up on Wednesday and then a resurging FC Cincinnati uh, coming up on Sunday. But let's just wrap it up. Uh, what were your thoughts on on the defense as a whole? Schedule is going to come at us fast, but defense played played decently well. Not not too many criticisms or critiques or anything like that. Obviously, we did give up the goal to Joseph Martinez in the ninth minute. Seemed like a lack of pressure from Ryan uh, Sawcross, where you just gotta put you you gotta you gotta put more pressure on this guy. He's one of the best players in the MLS. He was the MVP a few years ago. You gotta put more pressure on him. One touch, left foot, pretty nice shot. I mean, I he knew where the you, goal was, and he like he didn't really have to look. I looked at you and I was like, I was a little bit bummed on John, but then rewatching the goal after the match it was evident that that was just a super nice yeah, play no, was by goal. joseph and ryan's got to prevent that from going through and it even seemed like it started a little bit prior to that where Matuidi gave up a passing lane on the outside which opened up that pass to joseph so you know it's a group effort out there but you know good to see joseph back on the scores you know list uh first goal in 1.5 years i believe uh yeah since since he was injured which you know my stance on that right I mean, I'm, I'm nothing but happy for, for Joseph. Uh, I, to see someone come back like that uh, and get his first goal, it's great. I, again, I want to beat them. I want them to be a rival. I'm not going to, you know, talk smack when it's not needed. Uh, but props to him. Very good, very good goal. I mean, you can see his instinct was, was still intact and everything. But, uh, you know, defense, it, wait, they're, they're kind of, they're continuously improving. And they seem to be really probably the best feature on the team right now as we try and figure out what's going on with our, our certainly the the attacking portion of the midfield and the attack but again you know lgp with his three mess missed headers and he'd come in there in key moments and get headers for us last season uh so yeah but shawcross keeps stepping it up um even if we're going to kind of take over the the defensive uh midfielders and throw them in here i mean gregory's still still looking great I think everything was just thrown off once once Blaze went out because he is is a pretty pivotal 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 part of our team, and uh, again that just kind of threw a threw a wrench in the uh, the old cog of the machine there. Yep. So super quick, Jay. Curious to hear your takeaway, but my one takeaway of this game is that we've played better than last year, but we haven't exactly played well this year. And there's a little bit of a tongue twister, a little bit of mental game right there, but we still need to figure out how to all play together. And that's the biggest flaw that I see right now is that we haven't put together one game for full 90 minutes that everybody's clicking on the same on the same wavelength. And once we do that, I think we're going to be scary. But until we figure that out, we're going to have issues. Agreed. Definitely agree with that. Uh, mine would be we need more out of Pizarro. Uh, he's not been fearsome like he was last season. Seems out of touch with what's going on during the run of play. And likewise, Gonzalo, you, 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 he hasn't even scored a goal that wasn't off a set piece. He hasn't scored a goal in, in a traditional like run of play as, as you know, most superstars uh, have and, and do. Uh, but again, only off set pieces and with that price tag, man, you, you really got to start delivering. He Again, with the great opportunity miss right at Guzan, you, I, we all know how you feel about Guzan. He's not the hardest keeper in the league to beat. All you got to do is just put it in one of the corners, just like our boy Lewis Morgan did, and you're going to get it past him. You can't just send it right down the middle when you're one-on-one. -on -one. You're Gonzalo Higuain. Come on, man. Tough game for me on that. I had to eat my words a little bit on Guzan, even though that we're getting ready to just unleash you, Jay. You just have fun with this a little bit right here because there was a missed call at the end of this game that Guzan was a part of, and the other person was Uyoya. Jay. 
Have you have you worked through it a little bit over these last thirty minutes or? Nah, not really. Still, still it's still complete BS. It happened in, in the the ninety first minute, four minutes of added time that were going to be played, and uh, this would have been a, a a moment where if this is called correctly, that's a penalty, and then we just hope Gonzalo Iguain can convert because it's a set piece goal. But that that should have been the game. Yo-Yo, I mean, it was a it was a a fairly interesting play with with a ball in that that Uyoya got and um it wasn't even like a clean touch from Uyoya. Uyoya is not like the the most technical gifted player. So it actually comes off his knee, hits hits Guzan and then he loses control of it. Uyoya goes to make a play on it. Guzan tries to play the ball as you would, but barely nicks the ball and really just pushes it further away from himself. So in no way was he, you know, first to the ball to be clear. And he just completely absorbs Victor Oyoya's feet. He goes down. Everyone's assuming it's a penalty. The, the the supporters are all cheering because they think it's a penalty. And then for some reason, no call. I mean, blatantly grabbed by the feet, tripped up. The 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 booth could have reviewed it and in in you know called down to the ref and, and and notified him of it or just say, hey, you go take another look at this. I mean, this was about as obvious as it can get. And this is where the fans are really going to be pissed off because there's been a lot of stuff with the with the officiating that we think is sketchy. I mean, even like Phil Neville last week agreed with the Zimmerman foul in the Nashville game that it looked like a pretty clear denial of an obvious goal scoring opportunity. The Taylor Twelman certainly thought it was, but Neville, of course, he's got class. And he was like, no, I agree with the keeper. But this one, no, completely 180. This is a quote from him. This is 100% a penalty. Poor refereeing. I think that's fair. I praised the referee last week. That was 100% a penalty. I've seen it four times. It got reviewed. So whoever reviewed it has let the referee down. We'll put that in the report. I mean, these are, you know, clear as day. He's a level-minded guy. He's a defender himself. So if he sees something, he's going to be thinking as a defender. Every every forward who plays the the game if they get fouled it, it's a penalty in their mind because that's just how they're wired defense is, is opposite they're gonna you know obviously lean more and gravitate more towards the defensive side of that but for this to 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 come down like this i mean just so so tough and and of course the the robinson's handball in the box that wasn't called we had two if not three PK opportunities in this game, and the ref didn't give us any. And I don't want to be the broken record. I don't want to be the guy complaining about the refs. But this is absolute crap from the MLS. Absolute crap. And I'm not exactly sure what the protocols are. The league should condemn this, or or there should be some sort of sanction. This guy just blew us two more points. We would be sitting a lot better right now if we had those two points. We'd be in the, the, the sixth spot. Also, fun fact, since it's Monday, what happens every Monday? Power rankings come out. I know this shit's irrelevant because it doesn't really matter. But the past two weeks, we stayed at 12. Now we're down to like 20 or 20-something. 20 it, it, it's, it's, it's just pitiful. Like All this stuff just pissed me off today, man. Jay Kington, everybody. I don't know what else to say on that. That was beautiful. That was poetic. You should write a book. You should write a letter. You should write a letter to the MLS and tell them your thoughts because you'd have the entire La Familia having your back. Well, I've been saving on this one for a while. It's pretty much exactly like soccer, except for more like basketball and nothing like soccer. That's how I feel. Finally could use that one. <laughs> I think everybody shares your thought process on that, sir. It was atrocious. This is a podcast that tries to stay away from bashing the referees, 
But when you see something like that, you got you got to hit this thing head on. It, it was a disgrace. We will see how. And look, that was my reserved opinion. We're a family show, <laughs> you know. We'll we'll like we could do like a, some some Discord audio if you want the the raw uncut version because I will let loose. I've been hearing your uncut version since five p.m. yesterday, so I I fully understand it and it makes total sense, but. This is going to be one of these games, and I guess this is what kind of hurts the most, is that this is going to be one of these games that we look back on at the end of the season and say, hey, we should have grabbed three points instead of one. Yes, without a doubt. I mean, in, if you don't want to sit there and blame the referee, like I, I don't want to sit there and blame the referee. I mean, we had chances to go ahead in this game and actually score and win proper, but we didn't do it. We didn't come through. Didn't do it. Come through. What a difference that made in the standings. I think that that would have had us tied for first in the Eastern Conference, but now drops us down to ninth in the Eastern Conference. So big difference right there. Well, I'll tell you what. Rubio Vasquez is not my most hated official in, in, in the MLS now. It is certainly this gentleman right here. Do we have a name yet? Uh, I, I can't remember it because I've I read it so many times. I cannot remember. I was just very, very angry. I don't know. I'm lost. I want to move on. I'm not in a good mood. Oh, fun times. Anyway, on a positive note, well, maybe it's not positive. I don't know. But Josh Penn and Drake Callender were loaned out to Fort Lauderdale CF for the weekend's game. Fun fact, they were both featured uh, on our reserves as well. But uh, we ended up losing that game 0-2 to Omaha. Check out Pink Smoke for Than's review of that game. That's good because they're going to get more playing time and exposure and be able to, to grow. I only said it's not good because you're not playing for Inter-Miami. But... Moving on, let's, not you, just me, let's refocus and be happy again. I, I, l let me take over a little bit. You just, just, just No, let me just breath. do my segue into my happy spot, all right? all right? The good news is I don't have to wait another week to watch an Inter-Miami game, baby. I only got to wait two more days, one more day from when we release this podcast because... Good to see you smile. Go we ahead. got another match coming up super quick, only a couple days as this podcast is going to drop on Tuesday, recording this Monday night, so... Next game is going to be Wednesday, May 12th at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This is a home match versus CF Montreal. So you got to say the full name. It's Club de Food. <laughs> a. Montreal. There you go, bud. Anyway, this game's going to be at 7.30, so we will not need our sunscreen. Unless if you're tailgating. If you're tailgating like us, bring your sunscreen, wear it to the, to the stadium, do your thing. But at least this game's going to be at night, honestly. We're tired of these, these mid- <laughs> mid games in the afternoon where it's just I'm so hot man it's just my like my back hurts yeah the, the, what was it the first game against la galaxy i swear my freaking sunburn was three weeks in the making and just not looking good <laughs> i hopped in the shower this morning oh. and i was just like ah man. yeah it like, doesn't that, matter what temperature that's when you on. feel it yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> horrible but anyway looking forward montreal is playing this entire year what are they out of tampa i believe they no, are playing they're out of, out of fort lauderdale cf you're thinking of Toronto. I'm thinking Toronto. Yeah, so they're actually out of our same home club, so they don't got to go far, but that is due to the travel restrictions not allowing them go back up to Canada. Fun fact, Jay, their entire website on Fran is French, so you have to translate that. Parlez-vous français? Mm, oui, oui. Moving on, they have the same record as we do. Two ties, one loss, and one win. They're in the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference, one slot ahead of us. They had a very good start. They got one win underneath their belt early, but they've since cooled off with two ties and one loss. And their last loss 
was coming last week against the Vancouver Whitecaps. So they are, we'll see. We'll see how this game is. I know right now I was looking at MLSsoccer.com and we are a minus 155 favorite and they are plus 400 underdog, meaning if you were betting Montreal, 100 bucks, you would win $400 if they win the game. For Inter-Miami, you got to bet $155 to win 100 bucks. So we are a heavy favorite in this match, which is a good thing, being in our home stadium, which I guess is their home stadium. But one fun fact against Montreal, they are the number one passing percent club in the entire MLS. They are sitting at 867 and for reference, Inter-Miami is sitting at the 18th ranked club in passing percent. So, Of course we are. You know, going back to the game against Atlanta, 200 more completed passes. This is just going to be a little bit uh, repetitive this match, unless if we can stop it. So keep an eye on that. And we'll see what version of, of Montreal we get. Did we get the week one where they were just banging in, what was it, four goals, ridiculous passes? I mean. I believe it was against Toronto. You know, I was like, wow, are they going to be like the best team in the East now? But no, they, they have cooled off with the two draws and, and one L. So we'll see what happens here. Uh, impact players to uh, to pay attention to. Mason Toy, two goals. Zachary Brault, Juliard. I Gosh. You know, I can do like the, the the Spanish names and even the European ones, but the French ones will throw me off. Zachary brought Guillard. Uh, he's a defender, two assists and two assists and one goal to his name this year. Uh, this is a team who was not a good team last year, so we'll see what happens. I think we can go out here and get a dubber. Very winnable, and this is, is a game we need to go out and get a W. It's we can't be giving up these points early in the season, and and we have a slight edge too because they're not. I don't. I haven't seen any any fans at their home game. No. So that, like this would be I think the first time playing in front of fans. You're absolutely right, sir. Well, with that. We do leave you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you for joining this podcast. If you enjoyed this too, go ahead, jump on Apple Podcast. If you have an iOS phone and give us five stars on Apple Purviews, myself and Jay would greatly appreciate it. Click subscribe to never miss an episode. We're going to be coming to you live, hitting you tomorrow, Tuesday morning. If you don't do so, go ahead and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Inter Miami Podcast, or on Twitter, Inter MIA Podcast. Go ahead, do your thing, hit us up. No, I'm good, buddy. I was just going to say, as we end every single episode, screw that ref. And vamos Miami. Vamos Miami.